welcome back to another episode of Off the Dome. I hope you guys are doing well today. Listen, y'all, why are Sundays actually trash? Like, I actually really do not like Sundays anymore. Like, I used to like Sundays, but I don't know. I hate Sundays. I dread coming into Sunday because I feel like, I guess the Sunday scaries are like a legitimate thing. Like, I'm kind of late to that whole thing, the Sunday scaries. Like, I didn't even know what the heck that meant, but... Sunday scaries for me is just like, dude, I have to go back to work. And Sundays don't end up being like self-care like I want them to be. I've been really struggling with having self-care days. Like this weekend, my plan was to stay at the house and do nothing except for like go to the gym, you know, clean, do laundry, that type of thing. My plan was to not go out and spend any money, not go nowhere, because I've kind of been out and about. I would say probably for the last month since coming back from Atlanta. So I was like, yeah, I need to stay my ass in the house this weekend. And maybe for the next three weekends, I just need to stay in the house. Yesterday was pretty good. All I did was binge watch a show that I've been trying to finish called The Wilds. Now, if you guys have not seen that show, I highly recommend you watching that show. But if you're going through like some mental health things, you might want to put it on the back burner because I definitely had to pause watching it because it's very heavy. Like it's very heavy. It's very deep. It's kind of like... I mean, it's nowhere near 13 Reasons Why, but if you've seen 13 Reasons Why, like I had to take several breaks from that show because it's just so heavy and so deep. But it's such a great show. So if you guys um, have Amazon Prime, then I highly recommend watching The Wilds. There are two seasons, not gonna lie, the, the second season, the ending was garbage, but it's a really great show. Yeah, you guys should hop on that train if you haven't already watched it. But yeah, anyways, back to Sunday. Yeah, I'm just not feeling Sundays anymore. In the past, I used to have Sundays and Mondays off, and I think I preferred that better, even though I used to work like late nights, kind of. Like I used to get off at nine, but Fridays are my jam. Fridays are my jam. Saturdays are all right, like they're okay. But Sundays, I just dread coming into Sunday. I just do not like Sunday at all. I mean, it's a day of the week, so what can you do? Like, I can't erase Sunday from the calendar, but if I could, I truly would, honestly. I think it would probably be a better day if I had a chef and I had a personal assistant. Because if I had those two things, I really think I could actually enjoy my Sundays. Because Sunday is supposed to be a reset day but it never ends up being that for me, which is probably my own fault. It's probably my own fault. Sundays are garbage and I'm pretty set on that idea. But anyways, let's kind of hop into what's been going on over the last couple of weeks. Let me fill you guys in on my life. So some good news is that the previous weekend, me and my mom and my grandmother, we actually did a photo shoot on like a chunk of land that my family owns. And the theme of the photo shoot was like, we were supposed to be in African attire. So we had long skirt with African patterns, kind of like African tribal attire with the little necklace pieces and earrings. And then we had our hair wrapped up. It was really cute. It was a vibe. It was a look. It was giving black excellence. It was giving three generations of beautiful women. So I really did enjoy the photo shoot. It was my mom's idea because like I said, it's our family's land and her idea was, you know, how cool would it be to have great photos here with, 
you know, my grandmother, her and me, because that's three generations of women in 2022 standing on this piece of land. So yeah, I thought it was very remarkable to celebrate being black in that moment. And we've gotten a couple of the pictures back and they're really, really pretty. The photographer that we use is actually one of my mom's friends and she slayed the photos y'all. Like she killed the photo shoot. It was such a great time. And I'm really glad that I got to have, have that experience with my mom and my grandmother. It'll be something that once I get all of the photos back, I will choose like my top three and I will plaster them all over my apartment because period. And um, yeah, it was really fun. So that was something exciting. I'm not a photo shoot kind of gal, like I don't do stuff like that. So it was really cool to like get dolled up and you know, kind of do something that's completely out of my comfort zone and just get the different shots. And like we got shots up against like the house we got shots kind of like in a field we were supposed to get like some of the horses in the shot but they just they weren't cooperating so we didn't get that and then we took like this really really beautiful photo like on this log with all the trees like the oak trees out and about and like we took a photo in front of like this old like rusted trailer i mean it was so stunning like the photos are stunning and once I get the rest, I'll definitely be posting them on my personal Instagram page. But yeah, I really enjoyed that. And I know my mom was really happy with how everything turned out since it was her vision that came to light. Kind of think about if you guys want like a visual of what this would look like, if you don't personally know me and haven't seen the photos, think of like Beyonce's Lemonade album, but you know, she had a visual album and I don't even know what song it was leading into to be honest with you, but it's a photo of Beyonce. Hallie and Chloe Bailey, Zendaya, and a couple of other um, black women. And they're just sitting on a porch. It kind of looks like they're possibly on a plantation, but I'm not 100% sure. And it's just giving everything that it needs to give. So that's like the vibes that my mom was going for. And we definitely executed it and it turned out gorgeous. And I'm just super excited to get the photos back. This podcast episode was going to go in a completely different direction because yesterday I had a thought of like what I wanted to record. I was very passionate about it and everything and I had like the whole storyline planned out but then I was thinking like I need to stop putting off this topic that I've been I haven't been putting it off purposely but it's a story that I really wanted to come correct with like I wanted to make sure I remembered all the facts and remembered like the really key important details that helped me learn how to navigate the situation and how to better recognize red flags in like my romantic partners after the situation happened. Obviously, like I remember what happened, but I really just wanted to make sure I had all the facts right. And it's also like a story that I don't love telling because it's kind of a story that has to do with a lot of emotional and mental abuse and like just a tad bit of physical abuse. Luckily, I got out of the situation early enough to where the physical abuse didn't get too crazy because I think had I stayed in that situation, I really do think that this person could have harmed me. So I'm really thankful that I did get out of the situation when I did. Anyways, enough beating around the bush. So this situation is kind of gonna be 
the starting point for all of my adult relationships. Now, this particular situation is more of like a situationship because I never was official with this guy that I'm gonna be talking about. We never like made anything official, but we were basically acting as if we were dating and dating exclusively, like dating just me and him, nobody else involved, that type of thing. So at least that's what I thought in my mind. So let me set the scene for you guys. This was back in 2013, so I'm just starting college and I'm 18 years old, don't really have any adult dating experience. Like I really had never been in a toxic relationship up until I met this guy. Yeah, like there were a little like spats and disagreements and arguments and petty shit that I went through in high school with my first boyfriend, but it really was not to the caliber of what I was dealing with by the time I turned 18 and so forth. So yeah, this was like my first run in with an abusive person and someone who wanted to control me and someone who had like some type of God complex. Like truly, I believe this guy's a narcissist. I mean, don't know if he's changed his ways, couldn't give a damn. Setting the scene for you guys, 18, just started going to college, going to college part-time, also working part-time, and I'm living with my grandparents here in Texas. And one of me and my high school friends from freshman year, we were still pretty cool. Like I had just moved back here from Florida and you know, I was gonna go to school at UTSA. So I obviously need to move back here. I lived with my grandparents and doing the whole commute thing cause I didn't live on campus. And I was working at Forever 21 at the time. So me and my friend from high school, we decided to do you guys know how they used to have like those color runs where you would basically get sprayed with different paint and all that stuff, but you would actually do the run first. It would be like a 5K run, I think. And then afterwards they would have like a little, I don't even know what you would call it, like a block party type style situation after the run. Now, this is the trifling part about it. Me and my friend did not do the 5K run, you guys. We just went to the party. We just went to the after party because all we wanted to do was dance really. And they still like, through paint at you and stuff like that. So we still got the color experience of it, like the paintball type experience, but we didn't do the running activity because last thing that y'all are ever gonna catch me doing is running anywhere. Unless a wild animal is chasing after me or unless my life is in danger, you're just not gonna catch me running anywhere. Running is not my preferred physical activity. I do not like running, I hate running. That's why we didn't do the color runs. We go to the little after party or whatever, and you know, we're dancing, we're having a good time. It's just me and her, but we're in a crowd of people that obviously we don't know. And then this guy approaches me and I was gonna be really bold and I was gonna use this guy's name, but then I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna use his name. I'm just gonna use the first initial of his name because I believe he also went by this as a nickname. So we're gonna call him Q. I meet him in this crowd of people. You know, I'm dancing, I'm having a good time. And I just remember him coming up to me. I mean, the interaction was nice. Like obviously I wouldn't have given him the time of day if he would have came at me sideways. So it was just kind of like a, like a really cute little introduction. He gave me his name, he gave me his phone number. I gave him my phone number and yeah, it was just kind of like a, like, hey, how are you? Like, you're really pretty. At the time, like my hair was pretty short, longer than what it is now. But I had just like big chopped my hair senior year of high school, like right after I graduated. So like, I was still getting used to like the short hair thing and he complimented my hair, which I thought was really nice. And yeah, it was just kind of like, 
a real cool like first interaction with a guy that I had no idea I was gonna meet. Like I had no expectations for going to this color dance party except for going with my friend, having a good time and leaving. I didn't, wasn't trying to get nobody's number, wasn't trying to have a boyfriend, nothing like that. It really just was on some fun shit. So anyways, we go through the whole experience. You know, I think I danced with him a little bit and you know, it was all cool. Got his number, me and my friend left. And pretty much shortly after that, him and I started texting. So we started texting. I don't even know how long this whole texting thing lasted. So I guess is as we wanna call it y'all, we were in the talking phase. And let me remind you guys, I'm 18 here. So 27 year old me is not gonna tolerate the things that I t tolerated at 18. All right, so we're in the talking stages. I don't, I can't really even tell you guys like the little details. I don't remember a lot of the little details, but I really do wanna highlight like three different situations that happened as a result of me being with him that were red flags that I did ignore and how they manifested later into the situation with him. So we're talking and you know, I think we maybe had talked for, I will say like a week or two, I'm gonna say maybe two weeks or something like that. It wasn't super long that we had been talking before we decided to go on a date. Now, mind you guys, I did not have a vehicle at this point. I was living at my grandparents' house and obviously he had a car. So we decide that our first date is gonna be the movie. Why did we decide to go to the movies on the first date? I have no freaking idea because I'm not going to the movies on a first date because you can't truly get to know somebody in the movies. You're not supposed to talk in the movies. So why would you go to the movies on the first date? Like maybe dinner in a movie, but the dinner needs to come first. And truth be told, I just really think that movies are not good first dates like you need to go to the movies once you actually know a person the movies are just not a good date option in my personal experience because I think like for me anytime that I've gone to the movies with a guy it has always turned very sexual very quickly because you're it's in a, you're in a dark space you're kind of like sequestered to your person you know if nobody else is sitting next to you or whatever the case and I just feel like it's a recipe for disaster. Personally, in my experience, I'm only speaking from my personal experience, you guys. So yeah, the movies are out. But anyways, me and him went to the movies. I don't even remember what we saw, but we went to the movies. I wanna say that's all we did. So we really didn't have much opportunity to really talk and get to know one another, except for when we were driving to the movies and when we were leaving the movies. So on the car ride there, we kind of talked and stuff like that. On the car ride back, we talked, stuff like that. Like I said, I don't remember all the little tiny details, but I can say that just based off of the movies, everything got physical real, real quick. And I'm just kind of like, that wasn't my intention because at this point, oh, I left out a very important part of this story, you guys. So at this point, I'm a virgin, never had sex before. So obviously I don't know anything about it. You know, I've never done it before. And my big thing was I wanted to wait until marriage. That was how I felt practically as early as I was told to wait. That's how long that... I had that mindset is like, I'm gonna wait to have sex until I get married. I believe I even told this guy this. I'm leaving out a lot of stuff, you guys. Okay, let's kind of back up a little bit. So another thing that kind of attracted me to this guy, and I don't think I found this out like day one, the color run situation. I believe I found this out through conversations via text or phone call or whatever the case may be before we started actually going on dates and stuff. So 
one thing that stood out to me was that he told me that he was a Christian, that he believed in God, that he went to church, that he grew up in the church, all of that stuff. So that was really important to me because one, I said I wanted to wait until marriage, which is like, that's a religious ideology that I used to believe in. And he's telling me that he's a Christian man, that he believes in God, that he reads his Bible, that he goes to church on Sunday. Mind you, my relationship with God at this point wasn't strong by any means, but I knew at least that I believed in God, that I prayed on occasion, you know, that I did go to church every now and then, you know what I mean? So my biggest thing was I wanted the person that I was gonna end up being with to believe in God, go to church, do that whole thing. So that's one thing, in my mind, that was a green flag. The other green flag was we ended up going to the same school. So he also went to UTSA and I believe I found this out the night that I met him. I was like, oh wow, like that's cool. Like we go to the same college. You believe in God, you're a Christian. So I also considered myself to be a Christian at that moment as well. So I thought like, oh, this is like the perfect scenario here. So yeah, those are the things that kind of drew me into him at first. Now we started hanging out after this little movie date fairly quickly because he did have a car and he did come on campus to go to class. And then of course, because I didn't have a car, I used to take like the bus to school. And so there were a lot of times where he would actually pick me up and take me home you know, after class and stuff like that, like after my classes, cause he also had a job, but my shifts were like later in the evening. Like my shifts would be like from four to nine or for from five to 10. Like I had later evening shifts and his shifts would be like either in the morning or during the day. So he would pick me up after I would go to class and he would take me back to his place. Now he lived with his mom and his little sister. No issues with that, obviously, because I live with my grandparents. We had a two year age difference. So I was 18, he was 20 at the time, didn't see anything wrong with that, not a big deal. Basically, when I started to notice that this really probably was a situation that I didn't need to be in was the first time that I had ever come to his, to his mom's house. Now, most of the time I was at his mom's house when his mom and sister were there, but there were a couple of times where we were kind of just alone while his mom was at work or wherever they were, wherever they would be, where it would just be me and him alone. So the first time I come there, it's me and him alone. Well, I'm not thinking anything of that really. I'm just thinking like, okay, this guy, he's really nice. He's into me, I'm into him. He picked me up from school. We're going back to his house. We're probably gonna eat, chill, do homework, watch TV. You know, I don't know, you guys, I'm naive. I'm 18 years old, I have no idea really like what else we might be getting into per se. So first day we go over there, like I think we ate and stuff and then he took me upstairs they had like a two story house and the upstairs had like this game room slash lounge area. So that was like right next to his room. So we're in the little game room slash lounge area, just me and him. I think we're like literally doing homework. So like it starts off very like innocent. I'm doing homework or at least I'm attempting to do homework. Like, you know, I'm getting distracted because he's standing right here. I like the guy, he's fine, he's attracted to me. So I don't know why I didn't think that anything was a possibility as far as like sex was concerned, but I thought probably wouldn't go any further than us like making out, you know, stuff like that, which I was fine with, but this is how things escalated really quickly. So I'm trying to do my homework, which is really not really working out. So we're like making out, things are getting hot and heavy really quick. And I'm 
just kind of like not really, I don't know. I guess I just didn't think that things were going to go from zero to 100 in five seconds. And that's literally what happened. So like, you know, and I'm going to actually have a little transparency moment, you guys. I don't know why, but I feel like in my younger years, I had a thing with being a tease. I don't know why. I think it's like a part of me felt like guys would say that they wanted a girl who went to church, who believed in God, who wanted to wait until marriage. But then I guess a part of me also felt like even though that's what they said they wanted, they didn't really want that. They just wanted me to get to the point where I was going to give it up for them. So I always would kind of like tease what I would be willing to do to get these guys to stay interested in me. So that's like, that's a character flaw on my part. And I definitely don't really try to act like that anymore. But even in my last relationship, we definitely had some issues with that, especially like before, like, I was introduced to sex like I always kind of like would tease the guys that I was with because I just kind of felt like this pressure to you know be more sexual and you know sexy and stuff like that so I guess in this situation we're making out or whatever everything is fine like everything is at my comfort level at the moment like everything is consensual it's at my comfort level but it gets to the point where I guess I was like teasing him I guess because I don't remember everything but I want to say that it was kind of me who was kind of like teasing him and he's like well I bet you won't do this I bet you won't do that and I'm kind of like giving him this look that is kind of giving him the idea that maybe I'm gonna go through with it so next thing you know we're in his bed bedroom and it's about to go down and I'm like wait a minute like wait hold on a second like I don't want to do this like I've never had sex before like I don't even know like how did we get here like I'm like no like I and then I started crying because I was like so worked up about the fact that five minutes ago I was just kissing this guy on the couch and now here we are on his bed he's about to get stuff popping and I'm like wait a minute like wait pump the brakes dude because I can't even conceptualize what's happening right now I need you to like relax I need you to put whatever you got back on I need to no we have to go back into the room let's like not do this so he's also kind of like tripping because he's like well I thought this is what you wanted to do because that's kind of how this works like that's kind of the impression that he gave me is like this is how this works you know I took you back to my house we're supposed to be doing homework in quotes but obviously we're not really going to be doing homework for this whole time because I'm attracted to you you're attracted to me we're young we're in college like yeah we said we believe in God and I told you I wanted to wait until marriage but you know now you got me there now I'm ready to go and now you're backing down from the challenge so I really do think in that moment he was pissed off but to a degree he also was probably like what the heck is going on because I'm over here crying like boohoo crying to this guy that I just met maybe like at this point we had met like a month ago things are just getting way too involved for me too quickly and like I said I've never had sex before so I don't even want it to go down like this we basically decide to go back into the room and like shortly after that his mom pulls up so actually it worked out pretty good because that was not going to be my first experience and his mom walk in like, can you guys imagine? Like, absolutely not. 
you know, that kind of was always looming over us, that whole experience. And I was just really like freaked out by the whole thing. And then I realized like, oh, well, that's kind of my fault because I kind of led him to believe that I was ready to do that. But then at the same time, I'm like, yeah, that really isn't my fault because I told you what I was willing to participate in and you took it like to the next level. You just assumed that I was gonna be ready to move on to the next step just because I was okay with making out with you. Making out and having sex are two separate things, my guy. That was the first red flag. And the reason why it was a, re a red flag even more, guys, was because now this guy is telling me that he's a Christian, that he believes in God. He didn't tell me that he was a virgin. And that's fine if he wasn't. It's fine if he wasn't. And I know that he wasn't. But my thing is, if you believe in God, if you go to church every Sunday, you read your Bible, you go to Bible study and all this jazz, why are you trying to like get me in that position to where we are gonna have sex when there is no commitment in this situation here. We never agreed that we were boyfriend and girlfriend, we're not exclusive, nothing like that. So, you know, why is it even okay for you to get to that point? And I know you guys remember in several episodes ago, I said some people don't have that conviction when it comes to having sex and they're like religious. Some people do not have that conviction. And it's pretty much been my experience with like all the guys that I've dated who said that they believed in God, that they were Christian, stuff like that. It's always like, yeah, I believe in God. I'm a Christian. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to pay my tithes. I'm going to do the whole Jesus thing. But when it comes to sex, that's not something that I'm really going to live by. That's just, that doesn't apply to me. And I always found that so odd because I've never been in a situation where the guys like are actually willing to wait or it'll, or you'll tell them like, I would be in situations where I'll be like, okay, yeah, I want to wait. And they'll praise that in the beginning, but they don't really want me to wait. Like they don't really want me to. And then it becomes this issue of, well, how can I get her to not want to wait? And that's basically, you know, how it ends up being, like, especially in some of the relationships I had been in after that. Anyways, so yeah, that was kind of like a turnoff to me. And it was a red flag because I'm thinking, I literally told you that I'm not, I'm not ready to have sex. I want to wait until marriage. So if that's the case, why would it even be okay in your mind that you took it from zero to 100? really without even asking me if it was okay if he almost got to the point of having sex like i don't know but i let it go i let the situation go because i just said well you know it's kind of my fault to a degree because things were getting hot and heavy and i did go in his room and i did kind of get to that point so it's kind of my fault you know i had a hand in it i'm not innocent here so i let it go for that reason being so, you know, time goes on, we continue to hang out. He continues to like basically take me home after school and stuff like that. So I didn't have to ride the bus. So I thought that was nice of him. I thought, you know, this is him taking me out the way because we didn't live that close to each other. I would say maybe my mom's house and, um, cause there were some times where he would take me to my mom's house, but I would say like, it was about a 20, 25 minute drive for him you know, to take me home and stuff like that. So I really thought that that was nice of him. And then, you know, another thing that kind of drew me into him a little bit more was that he was really into the gym. Now at this point, I really was not into working out, didn't really know anything about weightlifting, nothing like that. 
anytime I had gone to the gym prior to meeting him, it would always be like this off and on thing where I would just get on cardio machines and it was a very unhealthy way of like trying to lose weight and it never really stuck for me. So when I met him, he introduced me to weightlifting. So a lot of times, when, once once he told me that he was into the gym and stuff like that and I told him I really wasn't, he kind of like put me on. So we would go to the gym and he would show me like how to lift weights and stuff like that. You know, this is all harmless, but when I look back on it, I really think that he tried to make me into this perfect woman for him. Like, I think he wanted a woman who loved to work out and loved to lift weights and loved to eat tilapia and rice. And I think that he wanted me to fit into his current lifestyle because he was very, very into the gym, eating salmon and rice. Like he had the whole bro diet, you know what I mean? And I'm not faulting him for that because I did go through that phase on my own terms once me and him were not in a relationship or a situationship. But I think he really wanted to mold me into this woman that he was gonna be proud to call his girlfriend. And little did I know, that that was even happening. Like I just thought that he was just showing me what he liked to do, showing me, you know, weightlifting. And luckily in my case, I ended up falling in love with it. Like I actually really, really enjoy weightlifting and he is just so happens to be the person who introduced me to it. We would go to the gym and you know, then I got on this train of wanting to lose weight, which back in the day, I always pretty much always wanted to lose weight. Even when I didn't need to be trying to lose weight, I always wanted to lose weight. So we were on this thing of he wanted to like, I guess put on muscle and stuff like that. And then somehow now I'm on a rabbit hole of wanting to diet and lose weight. Don't know how that happened because I think I was perfectly fine before I met him, but I think it was just him kind of like wanting me to know how to cook his meals and you know, just that type of thing. Like I guess I got wrapped up into it and then I decided like, oh yeah, I'm gonna lose weight and I'm gonna go to the gym with him and we're gonna be fit couple goals and it's gonna be like this whole thing. Because back in the day, that's kind of like how Instagram was. It was like fit couple goals, like fit couples and going to the gym together and all that dumb shit. So yeah, we would do that pretty often. I want to say we would go to the gym like three times out of the week and we would go in the evening after class, you know, after um, he would take me home from school and stuff like that. I would say for the most part that was fine. But like I said, I think looking back on it now, I think not only was he introducing me to something that, you know, I had never really done on my own. I think that he wanted me to live this lifestyle because he lived that lifestyle. And I was so like naive that I really wasn't picking up what he was putting down. I was just thinking like, oh yeah, we're gonna go to the gym together. And it was really only something that I did for him. Even though eventually I did fall in love with weightlifting, I was really doing it for him. I wanted to look a certain way for him. I wanted to look like all the gym girls for him because there was this body that he told me that he wanted on a woman. Like he told me like how he wants his woman to look. And so then I was trying to look like that woman. It was just always this thing of like, oh, I want my woman to look this way. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at myself and I'm like, oh, I don't look like this because I have not been going to the gym and lifting weights for years and years and years. So even then it's like, now I gotta do all these drastic changes to look like the woman he actually wants. Why was I doing that, you guys? Because I was brainwashed and I had 
I mean, I definitely knew better, but I guess I didn't. Like I just wasn't thinking really. And yeah, there would be moments like I would come home to his house, get on the scale and be like, oh my God, I lost three pounds. And it was just like this big deal. And it was a mess y'all. It was a mess. It was truly a mess. And you would think like it's so harmless just for someone to introduce you to something that they love to do. But then come to find out like now I'm taking it on because I'm trying to fit the woman that you actually want to be with and I'm not that woman. But you're going to keep me around because you know that I'm basically naive and I'm going to do what you tell me to do because that's just what it was back in those times. Now I'm going to get into like some of the situations in which we really had some problems. And this is how I realized that the re that the situationship was abusive. There was this time that he invited me to go to a photo shoot. I don't even know whose photo shoot it was, but I think his mom did like wedding planning or like bridal shower, stuff like that. So I guess she had connections in that industry. I really don't remember, but I know it had something to do with like bridal stuff. I know that's what she was doing like on the side. So I think like he just invited me to be like his plus one. Now, the funny thing about this is it's not really funny, but I was not really prepared to be in anybody's photo shoot at this point. So, you know, me and my grandmother had to go shopping like the night before, get all of these clothes, spend hundreds of dollars on stuff because I had nothing like appropriate for like a photo shoot because I'm like, I was wearing stuff that Forever 21 had and that's how I would dress for work. like all that pattern stuff that Forever 21 used to have back in the day, denim jackets, like, you know, I wasn't dressing for like a photo shoot, you know, like I wasn't doing that. I, first of all, I didn't have no money. So I was wearing the stuff that I could afford that I was getting from my job. And 2013 Forever 21 style was not like, appropriate for this particular photo shoot. Because I do remember that a lot of the things that I used to wear back in the day, like those skater skirts and stuff like that, like the little jean vests and the little crop tops, stuff like that. I remember he would always like talk about what I would wear and always kind of like pick on me about what I was wearing and saying like, I shouldn't wear that or I need to have something else. I, didn't, I need to be more covered. Like if I wore a skirt, like I needed to be more covered. I didn't need to wear that. And like, if I wore leggings, like why am I wearing leggings? Like I shouldn't be wearing leggings because all these guys can look at you and you're wearing leggings. And I mean, like I would just wear like leggings and like a college sweatshirt to class. Like that's what I would wear, but he would always make some big fuss about it like what I was wearing so to a degree I felt like I really needed to like step up my wardrobe to impress him and make him happy and make his mom happy because I also was trying to impress his mom I wanted his mom to like me he lived with his mom so I spent a lot of time at his house so I really wanted his mom to like me and I didn't want her to think of me as like some hoochie that he was just sleeping with because that wasn't the case so I really had like this huge thing in my mind of like, oh my God, I want, want his mom to like me. I want her to think that I'm like a, a sweet Christian woman. Like what? Like, I don't even know guys. Like I was doing the most. Anyways, we go to the photo shoot the night before I'm doing all this crazy preparation for my, with my hair, making sure I have everything together. My grandmother really came through on that night. We go to the photo shoot. Now I'm thinking it's just going to be pictures and stuff. Well, it turns out that it's like, it's photos, but then it's also like 
videography. So they're also recording us like having sidebar conversations and it's supposed to be very impromptu, like off guard, off the wall conversation, like nothing set in stone. And I'd never done this before. So I was like panicking guys. Like I didn't even think it was that big of a deal. And I felt so embarrassed because there was one moment where the videographer starts filming him and I discussing, like we were just talking, but then I realized like the camera is on me and I'm starting to panic. Like I'm literally like tearing up. Like I, like everybody's eyes were on me and I felt so embarrassed. Like I, like some of these people that were at this photo shoot were legitimate models, like people who do this for a living. And I'm just the average Joe Blow who knows nothing about photography, nothing about being a model, modeling for people, modeling different outfits, it's like I have no idea how to do this professionally so you know I feel like a fool he's trying to like talk me through the whole video session and I just told him I was like look I can't do this I really cannot do this and so there's two things about this day that I want to highlight I know I'm all over the place you guys because I said like I don't remember all the little details so I'm trying to capture like the most important moments here there's a point where him and I are sitting kind of like in the little changing area, like, you know, where they have like all the outfit changes and it's just like this open area for everybody who is gonna be doing the photo shoot. So him and I are just kind of sitting down talking because it wasn't our time to take any photos. We had, you know, I think it was like in between our time to take the next set of photos. And this girl walks in and she's super tall, super like good looking, I guess and he's like sizing her up mind you guys like at this point i'm pretty much thinking like this guy is my man like i'm thinking like this is my boyfriend no one has made it official yet but i'm thinking we've been hanging out going to the gym i go to your house every day you pick me up from class we're kissing you know holding hands that whole thing I'm thinking like, okay, like you're my man. So why are you looking at another woman sizing her up in front of me? Like he didn't even do it discreetly. He's looking her up and down like she's the baddest thing since sliced bread. And here I am sitting like a lump, lump on the log. And I'm just like, oh my God, like I don't even look like her. I look nothing like her. She had long curly hair, like very like fair skin skinny tall because she was a model and he was like clearly attracted to her I felt so insecure in that moment because he made it such a scene he made it such a scene he had no regard for my feelings on me just sitting right there I saw exactly what he did and he kind of just laughed it off he was like I don't know why you're tripping like it's not that big of a deal like she's a model like you know so I'm like okay let me brush it off I think he goes off to like go get changed or whatever into his next ensemble for the next part of the photo shoot and so I go do the same well his mom comes to help me you know get changed and like pick out what my next outfit is going to be now I remember having this like magenta floral like mini mini dress like it was like a bodycon dress but it was like short not super short but you know it was a short dress like I'm 18 like what am I going to be doing wearing like some grandma dress like no I had like a really cute short dress and it was in one of my options I didn't know if I was going to wear it I just took it as an option so you know she looks at the dress and she's just like well you don't want Q to see you in this dress do you like 
he's not gonna like you in this dress. Like that dress is too short and you don't wanna look like, you know, too revealing. He's not gonna like you in that. So yeah, I would not wear that. And I just felt like super embarrassed and super like judged. And, you know, cause this is a Christian, a, a black Christian woman talking to me, you guys, like basically making me feel like, oh, all of my outfits are like, hoochie mama clothes and I'm just like okay like okay well let's not wear that one then like I won't wear it like that's fine so we come to a conclusion on another outfit once me and her come to a conclusion on another outfit you know I go back into the open area where everybody for the photo shoot is standing and he's already out he's changed or whatever and you know I go talk to him and you know he's looking at my outfit telling me if he likes it or not and his mom I think somewhere along the lines, we start talking about like one of my outfit choices and he just starts talking to me in like a very derogatory way. I don't remember exactly what was said, but I do remember the irony is like his mom trying to mold me into his woman still. But when he said that derogatory comment to me, his mom was nearby and his mom had told me, she was like, Sierra, don't let him talk to you like that. Like, don't let him... Um, talk to you sideways don't let him you know treat you that way you don't deserve to be treated that way and I didn't even know what to say I just kind of like smiled at her and you know I don't even remember what I said I don't think I said anything because I didn't know what to say you know those two moments taught me two things one I realized that the relationship that he had with his mom wasn't a good one and that was the reason why he treated me so poorly or that he tried to control me he kind of was very controlling towards his mother he he kind of like talked to his mom any kind of way like talked down to her or just didn't talk to her in a way that black children talk to their parents like if I would have talked to my mom any kind of way she would have slapped me into next week and his mom kind of like would appear to be angry whenever he would talk to her any kind of way but she never really made like a huge fuss about it and I was always super taken aback by how he would talk to his mom like he worshipped his little sister but the way that he talked to his mother the way that he treated his mother was so foul and I often question him on like why did he treat his mom like that like there was one time that me and him had went to the store to pick up like some meat for dinner I think we were picking up chicken and his mom specifically told him the type of meat that she wanted he decides deliberately to get her the opposite of what she wanted. She said, this is what I want. I think she even warned me, like, make sure he gets me what I want, Sierra. So I thought she was just joking. So I'm like, yeah, we're gonna get you what you want, whatever the case may be. He deliberately picks another like slab of meat that's not what she asked for. And I asked him, I was like, dude, like your mom said she wanted this. Why are you getting her something that's completely opposite of what she wants when what she wants is literally right here? He just like had total disregard for his mom, no respect for his mom. And that was the red flag. Like, why would I think that a man who disrespects his mom is gonna respect me or treat me like I'm worthy, like I'm the prize? Like, no, you treat your mom like crap, so you're gonna treat me like crap. And obviously like I kind of, that little, aha moment went off in my head during that photo shoot but I still was thinking like oh well maybe this is just a one-off situation I really don't know what I thought but the shit gets worse guys I'm not gonna talk about the whole situation but I'm going to talk about the girl that we ended up meeting at the photo shoot because she does resurface later on now 
you know, he's telling me that that girl, which was the model that we met at the photo shoot, that everything was harmless with her. Cause I do remember him ending up talking to her that day. And I felt like he was flirting with her, but let him tell it. He was just having friendly conversation with another woman, whatever the case may be. Yeah, we're actually gonna come back. We're gonna come back to her because this is kind of how everything ends. Like this is how everything ended with him and I, it, it has something to do with her. But remember that day he told me that everything with her was harmless. He had literally just met her that day, had friendly conversation, wasn't flirting, wasn't interested in her, was only here for me, blah, blah, blah. That's what he told me. And that's what I genuinely tried to believe, even though I called it from that day, that's what he told me. But this is like one of the situations where I realized that I was being controlled. Outside of the whole outfit and the outfit situation and him always having something to say about what I wore and him wanting me to go to the gym with him and eat what he ate so I could look like the woman that he dreamed of, like that whole thing. Besides from that, I remember there was one time where we were in the car. I guess we were just having normal conversation, listening to music. And I think that I said something to him that he didn't like. It was really harmless. I don't remember exactly what was said, but I remember saying it to him. I remember him getting like kind of frustrated with me, but I didn't think anything of it until he put his hand on my leg and squeezed my leg like really hard. Like, like, don't you ever say that to me? Like, don't talk to me like that. Like, who are you talking to? Like, that's what he did. He grabbed my leg while he was driving and was like, who are you talking to? Don't talk to me like that. You know, I just was like, like seriously, like get off of me, like get your hand off. He finally lets go, but he like had his grip very strong on my leg, just like squeezing the hell out of my leg, just making sure that I was clear that I couldn't talk to him that way and that I wasn't gonna talk to him that way. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if this, this is usually how it goes. You know, at first they're really nice, they're sweet, they do all these things for you. Then they start getting disrespectful. Then it's like, you grab my wrist really hard and then that's just one thing. But then you start beating me up and that's a whole nother thing. I already knew that that's how it would have went had I stayed with him. But even still, after this situation, I still decided to, you know, keep entertaining him because I'm thinking, this is like me saying how I know things would have went at 27, but at 18, even though I knew that that was a possibility, I wasn't thinking that deep into it. Yeah, I was like, now it's becoming a little bit more physical. Before it was like emotional and mentally you're trying to control me, but now you're physically hurting me, like you're physically hurting me. And for a long time, I used to always say like, this was some type of abuse, but I felt guilty saying to people that, it was a little bit of physical abuse because I know people who have been in worse situations who have gotten black eyes, who've been beaten within an inch of their life and that didn't happen to me. So I almost felt guilty of saying that this was any type of physical abuse because he only really like grabbed me. Like he grabbed me really hard and it hurt me, but it wasn't to the point where like I ended up in the hospital or anything like that. So I always felt guilty saying that this was like a physical abuse situation, but it was. And even though he never got to the point where he really hurt me that bad, he did physically harm me. Like he did put his hands on me and he had no business doing that. And like I said, had I stayed with him, I definitely think that he was capable of really hurting me. So yeah, that was like a, I wasn't scared in that moment. I just was shocked. I was very shocked that it happened, 
Like, how is this happening to me? Like, I would never be in a situation like this. Like, why am I letting him treat me like this? Like, these are the things that are going through my mind, but I'm still sitting here with him. I'm in the car. I can't go anywhere. And I'm still putting up with it. I don't know why he's not really doing anything for me that that I, he's not giving me anything that I need. I don't need anything from him. You know, he's not a nice person. He treats his mom like crap. He treats me like crap. He wants me to be a woman that I'm not. He wants to change the way that I look. You know, he's not satisfied but by what I wear. He, he also thought that I was very like inexperienced. And I mean, before I met him, I grew up very sheltered. So that's to no fault of my mother, that's to no fault of my own, like I was sheltered. I knew a lot of different things, but I guess I would say that I was more book smart than street smart. So I really didn't know a lot about things in the world or just maybe things that looking back on, I'm like, oh, that was kind of simple. But when I was 18, like I remember there would be times where, you know, he would go pull up to go get gas, something simple like that. And he would tell me to like go in, in the store and give the clerk the money and I was like, well, how does that even work? Like, what do I tell them? I don't know, like what to say. Like I had never, I don't even think I had ever pumped gas before you guys. At 18 years old, I hadn't even pumped gas before because I never had to, I never had to. I never drove, I didn't have my own car. Like, of course, like I practiced driving like my mom's car and stuff like that, but I never got gas, you know, that type of thing. Like, I know that sounds so stupid and that's nothing for me to be ashamed about. Like everybody, experiences life at different times but he made me feel so stupid and so incompetent because I didn't know how to tell the clerk to put 20 on pump five like I didn't know what to say I didn't know how it worked and of course his sister was a lot younger than me I want to say his sister was like nine and his sister would always like be punking me like always be like talking shit and being super extremely disrespectful because it was clear that they had some like bond, some really interesting brother sister bond, but he yet he didn't respect his mom. So, I mean, I don't even know really why I let his sister talk to me like that. I just felt like really stupid and really low in that moment being with him and then of course being with her too because sometimes it seemed like she liked me but then you know she would always say things like I don't think that you're you should be with my brother and you're not good enough for my brother and just making me feel like just a horrible person mind you guys like I said she probably was nine or ten years old so I had eight years on the girl but I don't know why I used to just let her talk to me any kind of way. And I think because he never corrected his sister when she would talk to me any kind of way, he would just let her talk shit to me, let her say wild shit to me. And I'm thinking like, well, this is his sister. Like, I'm not gonna be checking a little kid. Like, I don't know her like that. Like, I'm not gonna be checking a little kid. It's whatever. I'm not gonna be tripping about it. Kids are stupid, whatever the case. But yeah, he never put her in her place or anything. So I just kind of like always dealt with it. I just never said anything. I was just like, whatever, you know, she's not my blood relation, whatever the case may be. But yeah, he made me feel very stupid, very inexperienced when it came to life things. And my life was literally just starting. Like I didn't even have a car until I was 19. So there were a lot of things that I did learn about having a vehicle until I was 19. But no one else before this had made me feel like I was behind in life, that I was stupid or dumb and just super sheltered. Like nobody made me feel the way that he made me feel. Yeah, it was just like little shit like that that just really made me feel like worthless. But then I still wanted him to find me attractive. I still wanted him 
to want me to be his girlfriend. I still wanted him to want me to be around, hang around his family. I still wanted like this approval from him. I still wanted him to want me in his life, even though he treated me like shit. The last situation that I'm going to bring up before I get to the situation that ended it all is I remember being at his house and this is a situation where we're supposed to be like studying and doing homework and I think we were doing that but I think at some point we had gotten in a disagreement and I was just over it and I was like you know what can you just like take me home I don't want to be here anymore just take me to my mom's house and you know it's fine like can you just take me home and at first he didn't want to take me home but he was going to be my only way to get home like he was my ride because he brought me to his house so the only way i could get home is by him driving me i mean of course my mom would have come if it was an emergency situation or even if i would have asked her but obviously like my mom worked and we were in college so we had a lot more free time so i was really banking on him to get me home well finally he was just like okay like i'll take you home but he initially said he wasn't going to like I was just gonna have to stay there until he was good and ready to take me home finally budged and was like all right like let's let's go like I'll take you home he's driving me home and I think we're arguing like the whole way don't even know what we're arguing about but I think I was just kind of starting getting fed up with his bullshit I was just really getting tired of the way that he was treating me and just asking him like why do you treat me this way like why is it always like this like what have I really done to you like why why do you say you want to be with me if everything about me doesn't please you. Why? Because he wanted to control me. He wanted me to be his puppet. That's why he wanted to continue to be with me because no other person was gonna be willing to put up with his bullshit, but I was putting up with it because I didn't know any better. We're arguing back and forth. And do you guys know that we are on the highway? This guy finds a way to literally pull over on the highway like we're like under an underpass so it's not even just like a long stretch of road with a median or anything like that we're like under an underpass and it's just me and him and he gets so mad to the point where he just tells me to get out mind you we got we're on the side of the road and he's just like well you can just get out like get the f out of my car and i'm just like what do you mean like we are literally on the highway like we're not in the city like we're not by a gas station you're not dropping me dropping me off by an establishment we are literally in the middle of nowhere essentially like obviously it would have been like maybe a 20 minute walk but the way that the the place that we were on the highway was a place that i had never been before and you're literally gonna put me out on the side of the road i'm glad that he didn't but he pulled over to tell me to get out and i was just like dude like literally my house is like right there like just stop tripping like i think i had to try to appease him in a way to get him to actually want to take me home because i really do think that he would have put me out but i think i had to like apologize and you know apologize for something that i really didn't do i didn't do anything wrong we were just having a disagreement he just didn't like that i was coming for him i guess and was gonna put me out on the highway and i think at that moment between that and the situation with him grabbing my grabbing my leg in the car i realized that yeah potentially here my life could be in danger if i continue to stay with you and i didn't tell him this but i just started to realize like yeah this isn't good because these are two different occasions in which you've grabbed me and which you've almost threatened to put me out on the side of the road so if you're willing to go through those lengths to harm me physically yeah i don't really know if i could put anything past you at this point 
I guess he gets himself together. He drops me off at my mom's house. And, you know, I didn't, I don't think I even told her this story right away. I think I told her this story after the fact. And kind of the last thing that kind of put us, put it into this situation was the girl that we ended up meeting at the photo shoot. He ended up, as far as I know, he said he only made out with her, but I don't know if more was involved. I truly don't know. I didn't trust him after this because I asked him on multiple occasions after he met her because I know like he had gotten her number and I think that they had started hanging out. And so then I'm feeling some type of way because I'm thinking that me and him are exclusive, that we're only with each other. But it's also, it's like, like he's not my boyfriend and I wasn't his girlfriend officially. So he kind of did have free reign to go hang out with her and stuff like that. And he always let me know that it was just a friend thing. It was nothing more than that. And come to find out, you know, there was this one day where he told my grandmother that he was going to take me to breakfast. He tells me that he's going to, he tells her that he's going to take me to breakfast and, you know, I'm getting ready to go. And we go, instead of going to breakfast, we go to this park that's right across from my old high school. We go to this park and somehow we start talking about this girl and he essentially tells me that he did make out with her, that he's been talking to her, that he likes her, but he loves me now, but he loves me. He loves me, but he put his hands on me. He loves me, but he was gonna put me out on the side of the road. He loves me, but he wants to change me. Like he loves all of these things, but yet you don't really wanna be with me. You just wanna, you just wanna control me. And at that moment, I was just like, wow, like this, this bastard like there were multiple times you guys where I gave him the space to tell me if he was interested in her because I said just let me know if anything changes I'm always very open with the people that I date like let me know if anything changes let me know if you become interested in somebody else like I would rather you just tell me that than to have me looking stupid or figure out in a way down the line like you don't have to lie I get it like things happen just let me know I don't want to be looking like a fool and I don't want to be super invested into somebody who doesn't give a damn about me well, clearly he didn't give a damn about me. I was devastated, you guys. I was truly heartbroken in that moment because I, I really gave him multiple chances to come clean about this and he denied it up and down, had me thinking that I was crazy, of course, that whole thing, you know, making me feel crazy, making me feel like I didn't know what I was talking about and just turning the tables on me when it was him who was out here doing dirt the whole time and I'm standing by his side after all this shit he put me through. And I just remember like being at the park, just crying to him and him telling, but I love you but you know, I really wanna be with you and it's not like that with her. Like, it's not even that serious with her. It was just a kiss and it's, I promise you, like I won't do it again. I just want you to stay with me and blah, blah, blah. Then the whole begging thing. And at that moment, I think I was just like, yeah, I just need you to take me home. Like, I just need you to take me home. He took me back to my grandparents' house and my, grand, my grandma was under the impression that he and I had went to breakfast. But when I came back, I had obviously been crying. So I had to pretend like I wasn't crying, pretend like he took me to breakfast. You know, I went in my room and I was crying and I told my grandmother what happened. I was like, yeah, like he's not the guy that I've been painting him to you guys. He's truly a narcissist. He's an asshole. You know, this is what he's been doing this whole time. And I've been standing by it idly like letting him treat me any kind of way and 
you know, we didn't even go to breakfast this day. He actually came clean to me and told me that he essentially cheated on me. I'm going to consider it to be cheating because I thought that we were exclusive. So it's cheating in my eyes. Of course, my grandmother was upset and she was disappointed because she was just like, wow, like he literally lied to our faces. Like he literally lied because he said that he, we had went to breakfast when we came back. Clearly that was a lie. And I had to keep up the lie because I didn't want to like, you know, show them that I was sad or that anything bad had happened. So I was like faking the funk just to not have to deal with that whole situation. There were situations after that whole thing that in which I tried to see if we could make it work. Like we would go to like lunch and try to talk things out and he would still be doing like foul shit. Like here we are, you're telling me that you love me. You want to talk it out. You want to work it out. You want us to be together, but you're still sizing up other women in my presence. You're not even doing it while I'm not here. You're looking at other women's butts. You're just like making me feel like just a small speck on this earth, like not important, not special, not beautiful, not worthy, just nothing. Just nothing. Uh, yeah. So um, I definitely felt very worthless in those moments with him. I felt worthless pretty much through the whole the whole relationship. I just chose to stay because at that point I really didn't know who I was, who I wanted to be, what I was willing to tolerate. I didn't really know anything about myself, so I really shouldn't have ever decided to get involved with him because I didn't know who I was you know I didn't practice self-love I didn't I didn't love myself like I didn't think that I was pretty I just didn't think highly of myself at this point so it makes sense that I got involved with somebody who literally wanted to change everything about me to make to make me something that they could be proud of instead of just me being the prize instead of me being worthy and beautiful and worth it even if I'm damaged goods like I just really felt in those moments I felt low and I really can't explain it other than I know that after that time period I did go through like a hard time like I, I really went through a hard time because I really had to like sit through all my feelings about that situation and you know had to work through a lot of stuff had to come clean to my mom you know I had tried to paint this picture to my mom that me and him were like in game and she wasn't buying it. My mom also really wasn't interested in meeting any of the guys that I was dating really at all. So um, I tried to make her believe that I had, you know, I could make good decisions when it came to guys. And obviously that wasn't one of those situations. And um, yeah, we basically put an end to it because I realized like I, I couldn't continue going on with this like it was just it wasn't a good situation for me well there was even a point in which we did kind of like end things but it didn't go well and I remember being on the phone with him and I remember my mom after having found out everything about him you know my mom got on the phone with him I don't know I guess she was just speaking her piece about the whole situation and I want to say like he cussed out my mom and that really was the nail in the coffin for me course my mom was livid at this point my mom like she was like livid she was cussing him out it was like a back and forth thing and he was just being very rude and very disrespectful to her and um she didn't even really come at him disrespectful you know whenever she got on the phone with him she just really was trying to get to the bottom of like what was he trying to do here like what what were you trying to do here exactly like so yeah it was it was wild and even after that maybe like 
eight months down the road, you know, he, he knew where my mom lived because he would drop me off there sometimes. And he left a note on my doorstep apologizing for everything that he did to me and everything that he said to my mom. And my mom to this day says she, that he's real lucky that she didn't realize that he was at the door because it would have been a very bad situation for him. And um, I'm also glad that he didn't make it known that he was there. Like he didn't ring the doorbell or anything. He just dropped off the note and left. But even after that situation, you know, my mom made it very clear to me that she didn't trust my judgment in men. And I felt really bad about that. I also felt bad because, you know, this guy knew where my mom lived because I didn't have my own place. He knew where my grandparents lived. He knew where my mom lived. He knew where I went to school. He knew where I worked. And I literally thought that he was unhinged. After this whole situation, I thought he was unhinged. You know, he put his hands on me. He almost dropped me off on the side of the road. So I'm thinking like I literally put my life and my family's life in danger for the sake of this guy who wasn't even worth my time. And then, you know, he's over here driving over unannounced, leaving notes. And then I know a couple of years after me and him had stopped talking, like I had blocked him on everything, blocked his number, blocked him on Instagram, like blocked him on everything because I thought he was genuinely crazy. After having analyzed the situation with him, I was like, yeah, I think he's possibly crazy and that he would do a lot more had I like kept him in my life. Well, a couple of years down the line, me, my mom, and my brother, we go to IHOP and come to find out he finds me on Instagram again, which I don't know how he did this because I swear I blocked him. So he must have created another account, found me on Instagram, found a way to message me on Instagram because Instagram didn't really have as many privacy controls back in the day like they do now. So he messaged me saying like, I just saw you at IHOP and I was just very, very uncomfortable with that because I'm just like, okay, you left a note at my mom's house unannounced. You, now I'm not saying like he followed us to the IHOP or whatever. It probably was just a coincidence that he saw me and I just didn't see him because we live in San Antonio. Like San Antonio is not that big. You can run into anybody in San Antonio. So you know, just the fact that he saw me kind of like made me feel very vulnerable, like possibly like, could he be watching me? And yeah, I don't even know. Like, I think, I think after a while I had come to terms with what had happened and that I was like in a physically, emotionally, mentally abusive situationship with this guy, that he was unhinged, that he has serious issues and he needs to work through them. And unfortunately, I was just one of those people who got the short end of the stick and had to deal with that situation. Yeah, it was it was wild. It was one of those things where, you know, oftentimes my mom would make the comment that, you know, I needed to get free from him. This was when we were still actively going to church. And when 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 I was actively in church, me and my mom used to praise dance and I used to sing a lot and stuff like that we often would praise dance. And I remember us praise dancing at a church that wasn't like our church home or anything, but it was like a family church. And we ended up doing like a praise dance for that church. And I remember like after the praise dance, everybody was saying how much they enjoyed it and how good we did. And during the sermon, my mom was saying like, after the sermon, they have like the benediction and the altar call. And my mom was telling me like, you need to go get free from Q because 
he had a hold over my body because I lost my virginity to him. And I'm not saying it was against my will. I'm not saying anything like that. Like, I mean, I did consent to it. I just really wish I hadn't. And I had a lot of shame and guilt after being with him for two reasons. One, because I had sex before marriage. And two, because I had sex with a person that I didn't truly love, who didn't truly love me, and who really didn't care about me, who had held me to no high regard. And, you know, I felt like that just sucked because I wasn't gonna get the fairy tale happy ending of losing my virginity to my husband. Like that just wasn't gonna be the case. And so I had a lot of shame and guilt surrounding that. And, you know, I had to make sure that I had a pregnancy scare with him because we didn't use protection. I know that was stupid, but we didn't use protection. It's not like the sex lasted that long because I was very uncomfortable. It was my first time. So it was pretty much painful. It was garbage. Yeah, to have had like such a shitty experience with someone as shitty as him like it's something that haunted me for a very long time and obviously because I still lived with well at this point I was living with my mom I had left my grandparents house so you know at this point I had to like come clean to my mom and tell her that we had unprotected sex and I had to go get tested and I had a lot of shame and guilt with having to get tested and what if I have something and what if he's like what if I get pregnant and what if he has to be the father to my child and it was just a hot mess it was a hot mess you guys and the lesson in all of this is don't ignore the red flags and they're always going to present them themselves to you it's rare that someone's just going to come into your life and that you're not going to see any red flags like you will see them and you really need to pay attention to them you really need to trust your intuition trust the people that know this person his mom literally told me from jump not to let him talk to me like this like you know she told me without really giving too much detail that he was trash and by their interactions I should have known like yeah this is not somebody I need to be involved with not even somebody I should be friends with because I don't want to be friends with somebody who disrespects the hell out of their mom like me and my mom didn't have the greatest relationship but I'm not gonna go disrespect her you know don't ignore the red flags you know be vigilant with the people that you choose to date it's dangerous out here and had this been any other situation, any other circumstance, I could not even be here to tell you guys this story because like I said, I truly believe that he was capable of physically harming me in a way in which I could have been put in the hospital, in a way where, I don't even know. I just truly believe that he's capable of harming women because he has some type of thing. I don't know, maybe he figured it out, maybe he worked it out, maybe he's not that person anymore. I truly hope that he's not that person anymore. I think later in life I found out that he has a daughter, so I hope that him having a daughter changed his ways, but who knows? Like that doesn't always happen unfortunately. So, yeah guys, that was a story of my abusive situationship and that kind of just started off my dating history in adulthood and the dating history obviously hasn't been great especially based off of the last story that I told you guys about my ex which literally just recently ended not even it hasn't even been a full year yet hasn't even been a full year yet since I've been broken up with my ex but 
I definitely have grown a lot since then. And I can tell because like when I was with my ex, I very much made it clear that, you know, he wasn't going to talk to me any kind of way, even if he did. Like I very much made it clear, like you're not going to talk to me this kind of way. I always put my foot down, even though our relationship was very much toxic. But I guess I can say that there were things that I took from my other relationships that I did actually test into the last relationship where I actually did see that I'm a lot stronger than I thought I was. And you know, you're not just going to be talking to me any kind of way. I'm not going to be your puppet. I'm not going to be your trophy girlfriend. I'm not going to keep my mouth shut. I'm just not going to do that. And if that's who you want, then you need to get up out of here because that's just not that's not what it is over here. So that's the story guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I know it wasn't like a happy story, which none of these stories usually are happy. I didn't really have a lot of jokes in this one because this relationship kind of low key destroyed me for a while. It did destroy me for a while, but you know, I can tell the story now. And I mean, I'm not going to say that it doesn't bother me sometimes, but you know, I can't take back what happened and it was a learning experience and I'm glad that I'm still here to tell the tale and I'm glad that, you know, I can share that story so that way younger women can learn from it and learn from my mistakes. Don't ignore the red flags, you know, be with somebody who doesn't want to change you, who thinks that you're beautiful, who doesn't make you feel stupid. Be with somebody who genuinely cares about your well-being, like that is very very important be with a man who treats his mother well like that's just not going to end up well if he doesn't treat his mother well he's not going to treat you like anything it's just not going to be the case it's just not and I've never seen a situation where a guy who's treated his mother like crap has treated his girlfriend wife fiance any woman in his life well so just keep that in mind you guys but i hope you guys enjoyed this story time of course you guys can always follow the podcast on at off the dome podcast underscore leave me a comment leave me a review on wherever you listen to your podcast we're on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and probably wherever else you can listen to a podcast on whichever platform i appreciate you guys as always for listening and i will talk to you guys in two weeks See ya.